I fit 100% into a performer personality and Joe fit 75% uh, into producer and about 25% into judge and things just started clicking for me why he says and does things and why I say and do things and I, I couldn't get enough of it. Helping people build ambitious and satisfying careers, businesses and lives. This is the Influence Ecology Podcast. Now, here is your host, John Patterson. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm your host, John Patterson, the co-founder and CEO of Influence Ecology, the leading business education in transactional competence. Broadcasting from Ojai, California, the Influence Ecology podcast features case studies, stories, and lessons from business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs who found real solutions, real results, and real satisfaction, not just at work, but in every area of life. You'll hear how these ambitious professionals studied, practiced, and applied our approach and found that those who transact powerfully thrive. Our featured interview is with Joe and Joni Rocco, a husband-wife small business team from Denver, Colorado, who demonstrate the benefits of being a specialist in a highly commoditized industry. They don't compete on price. They compete by offering a variety of characteristics of value, like a specialized solution, a focused market, and the methods in which they offer their services. In addition, they came to understand one another's personality and transactional behavior, and rather than work an exhausting 80-hour work week with no time for one another or their family, they now work a 40-hour week and spend time with their children, their community, and other passions. Today's Guru Talk is by co-founder Kirkland Tibbles on the characteristics of value that are considered, applied, and demonstrated when constructing a business offer. In this talk, you'll hear Kirkland state, if you're worried about the direct competitor, you are worried about the wrong thing. You'll hear why this is and how to go about constructing a valuable offer that satisfies you. Okay, here's the interview. The first thing I think I'd like to do is just meet you guys and have our listeners meet you. Joni, would you say a little bit about you, who you are? And then Joe, if you'll say a little bit about you and who you are. My name is Joni Rocco, and I live in Denver, Colorado with my husband and my four kids. Um, Joe and I have owned a business for a decade. Um, it's in the construction industry. We install and refinish wood floors and mostly work with homeowners who have a certain disposable income and a home value of a little more than $750,000, which probably doesn't sound like much in California where you're at, but it, <laughs> it is um, a little bit of a higher income, a higher home value, very much of custom work that we do. And uh, I'm Joe Rocco, the technician and uh, COO, I guess, of our company. I've been in the construction business for 24 years, all of it in hardwood flooring. I spent probably nine years working my way up through the trade from apprentice to journeyman, and then approximately four years in management, mm -hmm. and then the last 10 years owning our own business, doing all of those things. So I enjoy what I do. feel like I'm maybe in the 1% of the world's population that can actually say they really enjoy what they do for a career. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. In fact, um, in taking a look at your site, and by the way, your website has just stunning images, beautiful images. And I, I looked at your website. I also saw some of the work that you guys uh, have in magazines and online and, and the like. And I love this piece about your website because you, you've got this different part of your website that talks about your experience, your passion, that you're family-oriented and involved in the community. And it was really clear to me that there's a lot of passion over there with you guys. And talk about that for a second. Uh, I started right out of high school. I moved back to Colorado with my family and didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went to college and I quickly learned that I was just wasting my money. So my mom was working with a guy at Bingo who ran a harbor floor company. And I'd always had a, a passion with woodworking, but I just, I never really knew how deep it ran. And so I took this job just to make money and make a living and figure out what I was going to do. And I, I grew to really like not only the, the woodworking aspect of it, but probably the single most biggest thing for me, the, the, the most benefit, the most joy I get out of my job is watching homeowners just almost like opening a Christmas gift when you finish their floor. And and to me, there's just nothing better than, than seeing that. That's when I really, it was really solidified for me that, you know, this was something that I really wanted to do. The hard part was figuring out how I was going to, you know, support and, and keep a beautiful woman like Joni around and four children on, on basically a pauper's uh, salary. And so we have worked uh, very diligently to be probably um, one of the highest grossing harbor floor companies in all of the state of Colorado if you were to look at profit per employee. And I really have to say that after Joni started taking your program, I saw amazing changes and it really opened up a lot of insights for me and allowed me to enjoy my customers even more. And now it's not just that I get to watch the Christmas gift being opened on Christmas. Now I have a connection, uh, a relationship with my clients. It's not just, hey, you're my customer. It's, you're my client, you're my friend. I wanna make sure that everything about your floor works for you for, for right now and for the long term. And so I really have to say thank you, you guys. That's really great. And Joe, I'm gonna stick with you for just a second because I, I love all that you're saying. It's clear to me that your passion is there with the Christmas gift experience. It made me think of all the makeover shows that I've seen and wonderful experience when somebody walks in and cannot believe the transformation that's occurred in their home. And yep. I know that's a fantastic experience for anybody. But in terms of the actual woodworking, I, I looked at your website and one of the things that's just there and it's it's such a great line, art is not just for walls. And I watched some of the videos of you doing work, and it's really clear that the artistry, the craftsmanship, the quality, the you know, what you put into what you do has got to be a passion as well. Yeah, it, I don't know necessarily really how to put into words um, what that is. I just, uh, I have, I'm, I'm very producer oriented. And so it fits with me, with my personality very well that I want things to be and look a specific way. And uh, through a lot of the education that I've thought outside, especially on the craftsmanship side, I've learned to do things that I guess push the bounds of what most people might imagine a harbor floor looks like. And so it it allows me to be creative. I've, I've always been creative. I've, I've always enjoyed art. I mean, I love nature. So it kind of, for me, it's it's the whole package. I get to work with natural materials and, and I get to be artistic and I get to push the bounds of what 
I think most people might imagine that a hardwood floor is or should be, and that's you know why Joni and I came up with art is just not for walls. We really want people to walk in and experience their environment, mm. not just accept it. There's so many things you can do with textures and colors and all of that. So it just adds one more Great. element. Great. And and one more question to you. Joe, and then uh, Joni, you can step in here too. So again, I'm I'm really asking the question about the passion that you guys have. It's again quite obvious from everything I see about your website. You you also happen to share something that many business owners don't have the opportunity to do, and that's to be in business with your spouse. So uh, <laughs> talk a little bit about that because you know it really is. You know, there's all kinds of people that say things like, oh, you know, oh, don't get in business with a friend or a relative or or things like that. And, and I know for some people, that's just hogwash. And for other people, uh, they tread carefully. Anything you want to say about the opportunity of working together as husband and wife? Oh, well, we've worked together as husband and wife for 17 years. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it was in the business or not, <laughs> Joni, Joni's always been very supportive of my work, you know, all of that. But I, I do have to say that since she started working on our business, and in our business, things have gotten a lot easier for me. It's also, it's more efficient because while I'm a producer and I like to put things in nice little neat boxes and complete things and move on, Joni's much more of a people person. So she has an ability that that I don't necessarily have and that I have to work really hard at in order to really connect with our client up front. So she has the ability to go in and create this environment with somebody that we don't know at all and set this narrative in motion where these people get really excited about, oh my goodness, you know, this is going to be awesome. And, and it really makes that transition from the sales side into the production side a lot easier when your, your homeowner, your client is super pumped about you coming in and the expectations are already set so nothing is, well, you didn't tell me this and you didn't tell me that. And and then when you can produce on the back end and everything turns out just like you said it was going to be, then everybody's happy, everybody wins. And so it really, you know, is great on that side. Us working together, we've always worked together well beforehand, but through Influence Ecology, we have both learned more about each other and that allows us to... I think work better together and to understand the other person's thought processes and what they're imagining. So it's not, you know, me assuming, oh, you just said this, you know, because because you just said it. You know, I can I can put some reasoning behind why she might have said this or said we were going to do that or this. And um, we're more respectful of each other's uh, strengths and where we threaten the transaction. Um, so where I should not be is when sample colors are going down on a floor. That's a place where I don't go because if I do, um, it ends up looking like a patchwork quilt and the mm. client has no idea what they want because everything looks exactly the same. And so I know that I'm not to be there and I accept that because I am a yes first person and my yes is is usually maybe and, and sometimes no. And, and that's just not a good place for me to be at. And so I understand too that Joe is very black and white and, and I need to protect certain things that I didn't understand before until we started this program. And we do work really well together. I'll say one thing though, working with your spouse, owning a business together is so awesome until it isn't. <laughs> and then it really... <laughs> 
Well, you got to tell us what that means. <laughs> no, but it's been good because we, like Joe said, we really have learned a lot about where we are strong and where we are weak, each other, um, and how to balance that out. And and we do a very good job of that. And there's still, um, you know, the times where I'll say, I said you could do this. And, and he says, well, I can't. And you need to tell that person no. And that happens. And I think that happens all the time. But it's easier to accept and understand. And it's easier for me to to do things I, I wouldn't naturally do, knowing his personality and how he works, too. All right. And since, since you both are talking a little bit about what we teach about personality and transactional behavior. Can you remember what it was like before you had those principles clear for yourselves? Yes. And I'll speak to that specifically. My friend, Sarah, who owns an events planning business in the Denver area, invited me to a live guest session in Denver, um, maybe four years ago. When I attended, I was very skeptical I thought this is going to be some sort of ridiculous multi-level sales. I'm not selling vitamins. I won't do this. I'm it was just very reserved and very hesitant and I walked in and each of you spoke a little bit and then Kirkland brought the personality and transactional behavior chart up onto the screen and I was sold. From that moment on, I didn't care what pricing was. I fit 100% into a performer personality and Joe fit uh, 75% into producer and about 25% into judge. And things just started clicking for me, why he says and does things and why I say and do things. And I, I couldn't get enough of it. I was just overwhelmed with how how everything fit. And not that I like to necessarily be labeled, but to understand the why behind my behavior um, and the why behind his and how that all works into a transaction. I think it was so enlightening. I mean, I requested an application that day and couldn't fill it out fast enough. Mm. Joe, anything to add about that? Uh, I think for me, um, so Joni started the program before I did, and I too was skeptical uh, when she was like, I'm gonna do this. And uh, That's his judge. I, yeah. <laughs> right. She, um, but as soon as she, she came home and started with the program, I could see that, you know, this was something that had a lot of value to not only our business, but also to our lives. And part of that ties back in with my passion. Obviously, there are all kinds of different conditions of life. And you, you spoke about a couple of them. And one of them for us was career. But the other one that, that I think is probably right up there is our family. And we wanted to be able to balance those two and not, you know, do the typical, hey, I want to get ahead and so I'm going to forsake my job and my, you know, social life because I'm going to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And I had done that for, you know, probably 12, 13 years of my life, you know, we, we worked six days and we worked, you know, 65, 70 hours a week in order to, to get what we done we needed to do. And, and seeing this program and watching Joni go through it and hearing her go, okay, I have different aims for dis different conditions of life, really helped me to go, wow, I never really thought of that. And how all of those conditions play with what type of personality you are also. Um, so Yeah, I, I love this piece because, I, uh, you know, it, it was very obvious, again, from your website the the orientation that you have uh, around family and how important that is to you. I love the picture of you and your family and your four kids and 
approaching each of those conditions of life. Work is obviously one, Joe, you're passionate about what you do and you're clear that you're, as we call it, a producer and there are certain things you like to do and certain things you don't like to do. And Joni, same for you. In terms of all those other conditions, uh, in the program we work on work, career, money, and health, but there's all those other things. How did the what you learned here help you balance all that? Because I think I read on your, you know, some of the notes that you sent me in advance that you used to work as you described, Joe, but now you, you know, you have evenings and weekends free, which is so uncommon for somebody in your industry. You know, so much more money, you have so much more time, you have, you know, all that time with your show. So t- what happened? How'd that happen? Well, I mean, the, the short answer is, is your program really, really changed our life. It, it really helped us to First of all, clarify what our aims were for each of those. And in clarifying them and actually verbalizing them, um, it makes it so much more important. It's like setting out a roadmap of, okay, I want to get to here. Now, how do I do it by, you know, juggling all of these conditions of life? And like you said, in our industry, it's very uncommon for people not to work in the evenings and and weekends and that kind of thing and and to work the 60, 70 hours a week because you're doing the work during the day and then you're coming home and doing bids and trying to catch up. But identifying those and clarifying those aims is, is probably the first thing that the program did. And then being able to, you know, lay a roadmap on how I'm going to work through the 13 steps and figure out what my transactions will look like in order to achieve those aims, probably the second step, and then helping to make all those transactions more efficient, less time-consuming, less costly to us has has really the three pillars that have really helped us to, you know, come to a place where four or five o'clock in the afternoon, I'm done for the day and I don't have to come home and, you know, answer phone calls and I think what people do in the world um, is they make the assumption that because they own a business, they work for themselves. And I don't think we were working for ourselves. I think we were working for our customers only at at certain points of our um, ownership of the business. And at the point where we became more aware of that, um, was obviously because of influence ecology, and it was—it's a very empowering program because we took back our business. I mean, you guys—you helped us, you empowered us, really, to take back our business, and by doing so, take back our life with our family, and um, and take more pleasure in everything that we do. Um, I I have seen so often, and I was very hesitant. I always played a background role in the business. Um, I I did the books and made sure that we had enough cash flow. And once I stepped out and started doing the marketing, I always did the marketing and the website, that kind of thing. But the sales piece of it, we had Joe hold on to it for a really long time because both of us were scared that I would become that insane mom that you see driving down the road, crossing the lanes with the mint, with the <laughs> phone to her ear that, you know, our kids are in the back throwing French fries at each other. And I never wanted that. And I was always scared of that. And so we continued continued to work for our customers and not ourselves. And once we realized the, holy cow, whoa, hold off. You mean we don't have to work past five o'clock? We don't have to work on the weekends. We can just raise our prices and people are willing to pay them 
or we'll find other people who are willing to pay them and we we will take back our business and our life and for us that has just been like joe said life-changing again fantastic i I have one other related question Uh, in the notes that you sent you talked about how you saw that your company as it normally is presented you know wood flooring you say is a mature industry and it's very commoditized. And so it set, you know, you, you made a decision early on not to go the general route that most flooring companies do, which is through builders and general contractors and the like. And instead you decided to go and work specifically with homeowners. And as I've watched you guys move through the program and, and apply everything that you've learned, I've, I've seen you grow more and more specific and specialized. I've seen you focus and more on the art of your floor. Again, you know, we've seen you in Home and Design magazine, and you've won all kinds of awards for your artistry. And I've seen the table that you guys did that, you know, sort of comes up out of the floor. <laughs> it's like a, it's the most amazing sculptural floor slash table slash, you know, it's gotten so much attention because it's just it's it's really very specific, specialized, and distinct. So, can you talk a little bit about that journey from the the standard commoditized flooring company into who you are now, and what happened, and uh, you know what, what sort of struggles or or pitfalls can you warn other people against who are wondering, hmm, I wonder if I could move that way, and and if so. What might I need to know about moving in that direction? Like you said, the wood flooring business is very commoditized. And so I think for us specifically, we decided to move towards more of a niche style business because we realized, first of all, it fit with with my personality and my artistic side, but more so um, something that is scarce is far more valuable than something you can buy at Home Depot or Lowe's. What we started to notice was the the standard, okay, here we've gotten your bid, Mr. Joe Rocco, and you know, there's nothing distinct about you. Um, you're just another harbor flooring guy. And to be honest, I was. I was just a, another Harbor flooring guy, I, I had good skills and, and good craftsmanship, but I didn't have anything to show for it because I was doing what everybody else was doing. And so we decided to move that way so that we could, one, we could create more of a customer intimate experience for our customers and clients. We could charge more uh, because what we do is very scarce. In education and in both aspects of that in in our own education, both with Influence Ecology and the National Wood Flooring Association. So from from a technical education standpoint, um, and also through Influence Ecology, educating our customers. So solving their breakdown and putting that breakdown right in front of them. When I take a call for someone who is who doesn't have wood floors or who wants to completely change the look of their wood floors or add more wood flooring, um, one of the things I ask them is, did you know that there is no licensing for the wood floor industry in the state of Colorado? And that kind of has them at a well, uh, no. And was I supposed to know that? What does that mean for me? And what does that mean for my home and this person that's going to be in my home for a week to three weeks? You know, and so it's we solve that breakdown by offering the certifications that we have. We have to adhere to national technical standards or we could lose the certifications that we've earned. So right away, setting the stage 
um, education on both sides. We're educating our customer from the ground up. Um, and that's really why we wanted to work with homeowners because builders and general contractors, I apologize if there are any listening, they tend to be very steeped in, in the industry that we're in and very commoditized and very much, I want to get this done as quickly and as cheaply as I can. Um, and as you guys say, and I know Kirkland has said it several times, there you can only get two of fast, good, and cheap. And so we, we've learned from that very well. Um, and we have as homeowners as well, too. So education on both sides of the transaction, both with our customers and then our own education has been very powerful. Joe, anything to add about that? I think the biggest thing for me was, is we, you know, we, we ran into people who, like I said, were basically shopping price um, because that's, that's um, our society, you know, with Home Depot and Lowe's and, and all kinds of, of those things. And so by being more scarce, we're, we're now able to answer the question of, well, why are you more expensive than the four other, you know, estimates that we've got? And, and we've always had great answers for those. You know, now, now we have a narrative that we can, we can tell people and, and those things, whether or not we close the job, that information sticks with that homeowner. And so if they are the type of people that, that do end up going with the cheaper person and something ends up happening down the road, they remember that stuff. And so I think that we leave a lasting impression with, with not only our clients, but our potential clients for down the road if something doesn't necessarily go right. And we've had dozens of homeowners that have called us and said, you know, hey, uh, we didn't go with you guys. We went with somebody else. Uh, can you come fix this? And so a, a lot of that commoditization for us has gone away and we don't have to necessarily fight as difficult. We don't, there's no angst for us when somebody calls and says, you're more expensive. We know what the answers to those questions are and we can provide that. And then it gives our potential clients food for thought to think of, okay, do I really want to spend $10,000 and have to redo it in a year or have something go wrong and then fight to get it done? Or do I just want to spend the extra to have somebody who is certified who does stand behind their quality of work and get it done right the first time. So great. So, you know, there's so many people with small businesses uh, who have, you know, specialization is sometimes so counterintuitive. And because it's counterintuitive, uh, it's a little scary for some people to specialize. You know, what if people uh, won't pay that fee? Or what if somebody doesn't need my specific and very specialized widget or service and, and the like. What would you say to those people who are considering specializing, but they may be naive to impact that makes or the difference that that may have on their business? I think I would, the one thing that sticks out for me is, is it makes your life so much easier. If you only have one thing to, to work on, then you can make it the best that it can be rather than trying to juggle five different things and make them just mediocre at best. So since I'm a producer, it, it makes my life a lot easier when I know, hey, I've got this client and I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna die the floor because I know exactly how this process works. And I don't have to worry about doing stain and, and all this other stuff and worry about are the, are the three things that I need, are they all compatible? Do I have my tile saw? Right. Do I have my carpet? Yeah. Yeah. This industry, ours in particular, is 
very proud of its capacity to extend every single line uh, known to mankind. So if you're a construction uh, contractor, then you hope that you have a carpet guy and a tile guy and a hardwood guy and that you do kitchens and baths and and everything else. So we, I mean, we've literally seen people do wood floors who uh, are a lighting and blinds company. I mean, it's just ridiculous in our industry in particular. And so for you, then it sounds like, you know, people come along and say, hey, can you put in my tile or hey, can you redo my counters? What do you say? We have a list of people that we will refer. And I think that, like I said, that's the part that sticks out for me because it's just so easy and so efficient to go, no, we don't do that. But here's a refer. Here's a list of other contractors that we worked for or we've worked in conjunction with on a project. And, you know, you can feel free to give them a call. They'll come out and give you a bid. There's there's no, you know, I have to get their bid and then mark it up and then worry about managing them. It just and what I tell our customer, too, is we have worked for 25 years, a quarter of a century, specializing in hardwood floors. And we don't do other things because we focus on that one thing. But I do know of other contractors who install tile and have done it a very long time and are just as good as we are. Um, in fact, we refer very frequently um, a contractor who refinishes mantles, baseboards, um, handrails, um, other wood cabinets, things like that, when we go in and do a floor. And it's great to be able to mutually refer um, us and Sebastian go back and forth a lot and do that um, because both of us are very been in the business a very long time um, and we know everything we need to know to make sure the job looks beautiful when it's done. We mm -hmm. do every single step um, and follow everything very carefully and have a specific practice um, and it works beautifully. It really it really speeds up the transaction cycle when you don't have to labor to provide quotes on this and that, manage and, and do all of those things. So in my my perspective is just less cost with specialization. Very good. Is there anything about what you've learned or anything about what you do or anything about the commitments that you've expressed from your family and your your artistry and anything specific you'd like for us to know? I think the biggest thing for me is I have a lot of fellow hardwood guys who don't necessarily know I'm involved with the program, but they're always contacting me. Have you read this book or have you read that book since you run a small business? And my response to them is always no. And I, while I, I, I accept your uh, offer to, to read that book, that I am involved in this program. And I think the one thing that for me that sticks out most about your program is the fact that it tag teams the study, but it also mandates the practice. Because a lot of times my friends will say, you know, I read this great book and you should really read it, Joe. And and I tell them, I say, well, that's all well and good, but what are you, are you putting any of that stuff into practice? And their common response is always, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying, I'm just really busy. Your program provides the study and the knowledge, but it mandates that you actually practice in this. And without the practice, you you slowly forget what you've learned. Um, you have no way of tweaking that knowledge to make it better or make it specifically fit what you're doing. And so 
your program, I, I think, is the perfect blend of, of knowledge and mandated practice in order to better not only your business, but your, just your general life. So I think that, in a nutshell, is my testament to, to your program. Anything else for you? No, I think that's it. Thanks for having me, and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. I really want to thank you both for being here. Uh, you know, on behalf of Influence Ecology and all of our members worldwide, a lot of gratitude for you both and what you've taught us all uh, and for being great Influence Ecology customers. Thank you. And it is definitely not about a get rich quick or any kind of rah-rah, but um, it's about being who you want to be and making the decisions that you want once you articulate what you want. And that's huge for both Joe and me. So thank you. All right, everybody. That is Joe and Joni Rocco of Artistic Floors by Design in Denver, Colorado. If you found this interview valuable, you may want to listen to episode two with Trisha Tyler on how to increase your value. There are some really valuable takeaways in that episode. Again, I selected today's Guru Talk as it illustrates some of the principles that you heard in the interview with Joe and Joni. This talk is by co-founder Kirkland Tibbles, and it speaks to the characteristics of value. These are characteristics that are considered, applied, and demonstrated when you construct a business offer, a business, and so forth. And as Joe and Joni prove, they don't compete on price. In this talk, you'll hear Kirkland state, if you're worried about the direct competitor, you're worried about the wrong thing. Again, you'll hear why this is and how to go about constructing valuable offers that satisfy you. When you look at the core work that we do at Influence Ecology, represented in the 13 steps that we teach for inventing and for transacting in the marketplace effectively, if you, when you look at those 13 steps, what you won't find is any reference to direct competition. And why do you think that is? We teach that if you're worried about your competitor as an entrepreneur in the marketplace, or if you're in a corporate environment or institutional environment and you're concerned about your advancement over someone else in that particular organization, you're worried about the wrong thing. There is a tremendous amount of work that you need to be doing in terms of your aims, in terms of demonstration of your ambition, in terms of your specialized knowledge, in terms of your transactional conduct, your behavior. There are things for you to be worried about that are associated with how you construct the narratives of every transaction, the ways that you distinguish yourself, how you move in the marketplace. All of these differentiating and the, the distinctions that you must produce in the marketplace that build value the characteristics that you must demonstrate of value are far more important on the very front end of building your transactions in the marketplace than worrying about the person across the hall or across the street who's attempting to get the same specific customer that you're trying to get. It is flawed thinking to worry about direct competitors until you are so effective and you are so dominant in the marketplace, you hold so much market share that you're getting eaten alive by people who are moving in different ways, pricing or bringing other value propositions to the marketplace. 
We don't even concern ourselves with direct competition inside our studies until well into our most advanced programs. And even then, we don't spend too much time on it because, again, if you're worried about the direct competitor, you're worried about the wrong thing. How do you confront the marketplace and what is the competition that you need to be worried about if it's not the direct competitor? And that is addressed in every single one of the steps that we work on at Influence Ecology in the 13 steps, the spine of our work. Every single step is work that you must do to articulate and clearly distinguish what it is that you are in the marketplace to produce in terms of help for a very specific customer. And that is dealing directly with the most pervasive competition that you need to worry about, and that is the current or the marketplace itself. The most pervasive problem that you have if you're attempting to transact in the marketplace to satisfy your aims for work, money, and career is the marketplace itself. The indifference that the marketplace demonstrates day in and day out as you are attempting to satisfy your aims. The indifference of the marketplace is your greatest competition if you are out there struggling right now as an entrepreneur or in management trying to get ahead in the organization where you work. Indifference is satisfied with a certain kind of value proposition. It is satisfied by, any, by being able to transact effectively in the marketplace to demonstrate your value, the utility that you bring to every transaction, the scarcity that you bring to every transaction has to be worth something that another person in that organization or in the marketplace is willing to sacrifice in order for you to meet your aims. When people start to transact with us, they begin our study, we notice a, a tremendous amount of overwhelm. They come in, they're extremely busy, they're overworked, they're killing themselves as they looked to transact in the marketplace and we find often that they are attempting to compete in the marketplace in very much the same way, and, and mostly tactically, they're looking to compete in the marketplace with other direct competitors. They're accepting the notion from specific customers that they need to somehow match the distinctive offers that are out there in some way. They need to match price, or they need to match a certain kind of of work package or value proposition and we simply ask folks to take a, a serious look at that and enter the marketplace with a specific offer that addresses what you can bring to the marketplace given your limited resources given your talents and the most unique thing in every offer is you if you're looking to transact up the corporate ladder or in a particular marketplace as an entrepreneur, you'll need to bring a certain kind of value proposition to the game. You need to be crystal clear about the aims that you have for even entering in the marketplace with that particular offer. Your aims, the clearer your aims are, the more specific you can be in the kind of limited resources that you can deploy and implement in the marketplace. You've got to be clear about your willingness to move in the marketplace in a particular state of mind, and that state of mind is ambition. You've got to be willing to and be able to demonstrate the, the ambition required that has people attracted to and willing to do business with you. 
You've got to understand the general apparatus, the general conditions, the general knowledge required that has people accept that you're able and capable of delivering on the promises that you're trying to make in the marketplace. And you've got to be able to demonstrate a highly specialized knowledge and articulate it such that no other person can see another avenue to get to that specialized knowledge except through you. There's other things to bring to the equation and to concern yourself with long before you're worried about the direct competitor. One of them is pricing according to what you need in terms of the transaction rather than what you're competing against in the market. Pricing according to the value that you offer in the marketplace has more to do with how you structure those transactions than looking at across the street to see what someone else is charging and attempting to compete there and there alone. Once you start to recognize that you can bring differentiating value, differentiating factors, characteristics of value into your offer, you then begin to work on the narratives that articulate that clearly for a group of customers. You're willing to decline certain kinds of customers who ask for things like added value. I personally think that anyone who adds value to an offer just simply demonstrates that when they made it the first time, it wasn't valuable enough. Being crystal clear about your aims, being crystal clear about your willingness to move and be ambitious in the marketplace, your willingness to demonstrate your highly specialized and unique offer in the marketplace is what you need to be worried about far more than your direct competitor. If you'd like to know more about Influence Ecology and our approach, check out our webinar, Ambitious Living, The Eight Defining Principles. The webinar is available globally. We'll teach you the core principles practiced by the most successful and effective men and women we know. This webinar is for those who aspire to an influential life that provides measurable satisfaction for themselves, their family, and their organizations. This webinar is specifically designed for those who don't want to sacrifice a well-balanced life for superior financial rewards. They want it all. To find out more, you can find the link in the show notes for this podcast at influenceecology.com forward slash podcast. That's influenceecology.com forward slash podcast. Or in the U.S. or Canada, you can text the word AMBITION to 805-262-9008 and we'll send the registration link right to your mobile phone. Again, text the word AMBITION to 805-262-9008. Also in our show notes, you'll find all the links to websites, books, or special downloads mentioned in this podcast. In our next episode, we interview James Walls, a product marketing director with Dimension Data in Singapore. Here's a small soundbite about his father and the origins of his love for engineering. They got married two years later and they bought a house, but they didn't, they didn't buy a house like anyone else. They bought a piece of land across the road from my grandparents. They found a house for $500 that was in, this, in the path of a motorway and had to be moved within two weeks. Oh, wow. So they borrowed the money to get it moved My father cut the house in half to fit it on the trucks. He cut it in half using a handsaw. Oh my God. You're kidding me. And they then, no, using a handsaw. And then they transported it and he he put it onto the section where he wanted it. And then he invented a system by way they could jack the house up to create a story underneath it. 
If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to share it with others, you can find it and share it from our website at influenceecology.com. Again, that's influenceecology.com. You can also find us on iTunes to subscribe. We'd love to know what you think, so please take a moment and offer us a review. Thank you for another great episode of the Influence Ecology podcast. I'm your host, John Patterson. I have to thank Joe and Joni for sharing their lives with us. They offer so many great lessons for family-owned businesses. This podcast is made possible by the brilliant work of the Influence Ecology staff, mentors, and members around the world. We're grateful for co-founder Kirkland Tibbles and his 30-plus years of specialized study and practice that make all this possible. And finally, thanks to our producer Jason Kelly and Marcus Bell, editing and music by Bell Ringer Productions, music supervisors Dashley LeCorps and Marcus Bell.